I consider myself the coach's coach, you know, and help coaches gain a competitive edge by, by mastering the game within. Today on the Rising Coaches Podcast, we get the opportunity to speak with a former NCAA coach and current owner of Coach Coop LLC, Cooper Neiman. Cooper formerly coached at various places such as Wesleyan Christian Academy, Lander University, and most recently, Lincoln Memorial University. Cooper now runs his own company to help coaches best achieve their own personal goals in the coaching profession. Please welcome Coach Cooper Neiman. Video analysis is expensive and your budget probably isn't getting much bigger. Fulcrum Tech is here to help. Used by basketball teams at all levels from Division I all the way to high school, their Angles product is very similar to what you know and allows you to code, capture, and analyze with ease. All you have to do is import the raw video and synergy with just the click of a mouse. Over the past two years, over 60% of Division I teams and conferences such as the SEC, Pac-12, American, NBC, and A-10, just to name a few, have made the postseason all while using Fulcrum Tech and saving thousands and thousands of dollars compared to their old companies. Reach out to Fulcrum Tech on X at Fulcrum Tech or their sales at sales at fulcrumtech.com. Just shoot them over an email and be sure to mention if you are a Rising Coaches member. Do more, spend less with Fulcrum Tech. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Rising Coaches podcast. We got Doug Caputo and Alan Major here. And today we are speaking with a former coach, and I should say current coach as well. Um, I know you you mentioned you were coach in high school, but then also a current owner of Coach Coop LLC, Cooper Neiman. Cooper, what's going on? What's up, guys? I'm really excited to be here. Huge fan. Love what you guys are doing for young coaches and coaches rising. Um, and I was even a part of the program at, during the Final Fours and a great organization to help young people you know, feel comfortable. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We appreciate you being here, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's always good to get more insight from people. And advertising. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a win-win for everybody. <laughs> I know we always go over kind of what we're typically going to – the layout of the this conversation is going to go. But for if, if you haven't listened, if you have, obviously you know if you haven't, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the journey, the coaching experiences that you've been through to kind of get you to where you are now. Um, we'll talk about a little bit about your Coach Coop LLC, as we mentioned, and then um, we'll kind of get into our final segment just to give everybody a general idea of who you are with three quick hitters, and then wrap it up from there. So starting things out, though. So you were in a position, and I know we talked on Wesley and Christian Academy for about four years, roughly, where you were an assistant. Uh, talk about that role, and you know, also, I, I know you mentioned you were in Battle, which BATL um, is a player development program. Talk a little bit about that and kind of like the details that went behind that as well as your assistant position. In high school, I was an average, maybe a little above average basketball player. Thought I was going to the NBA. Once I found out I wasn't going to the league, um, I was like, oh, I got to, you know, be a coach. You know, I was a slow basketball player, but really smart. Um, So going back home over the summers, I um, helped out with the second grade team and then more and more over the summers, I started helping out with the program and running the program. And then my senior year of college, I had to, I got a coaching minor and I um, had to follow just a high school team. So there was a team, Western Christian was pretty much on campus of High Point University. I had to 
um, just follow a team. And luckily they were number two in the country at the time, um, had the number one player in the country at the time. Um, and two NBA guys on the roster with a bunch of D1 guys around them. Um, so I, I fell into the perfect place to start my career. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talent University, maybe it sounds like. <laughs> oh, man. I was under <laughs> ACC legend and Keith Gatlin, who is a hero to me. He, he, for those that don't know, he played with Len Bias, was at one point Maryland's all-time leading assist person before Vasquez broke it, but played 15 years overseas and was just an amazing dude. You know, that just really boosted my my career. You know, I kind of got spoiled from the beginning. You know, we were traveling all the way throughout the country playing NBA players in high school, and we were loaded. It was it was a lot of fun. You know, it's funny. You probably, um, without even trying, started making some coaching connections. Like, because, I mean, you got, you got everybody and their brother coming to your gym. Oh, man. So we, we had Harry Giles, who was the number one player in the country at the time, and so every coach was coming in the gym um, and we got to a point where I could start running the workout. So Coach Keith can just talk to the other coaches. And yeah. <laughs> right. it's a buffet, buffet line of dudes. Yeah, it's a buffet oh, line. <laughs> and I was loving it. I felt like I was on a part of the show, um, <laughs> you know, and but I was, you know, touching elbows with with everybody. You know, we we had a really good group of kids. And I was really close with the kids. So Coach Keith would always tell coaches, like, hit up, hit up Coop. He, he knows what this guy's thinking. And, you know, so I did. I got to talk to a ton of coaches. Um, and it was an amazing experience. And it's always great, too, especially because you could see kids at that level. Like you mentioned, I mean, you had eight, 18 Division One athletes, four NBA players. Like, you, you see the kids at that level, and you're like, this kid's going to be good. And then years later down the line, you see him in the league or doing something. And it's just like, you, it, it kind of gives you a little sense of pride. I'm yes. sure it does. I'm sure yeah. it gives you a little sense of like, I, I help that kid. Do you still stay in touch with these guys at all? Or Yeah, I stay in touch with um, a lot of them. I'm going to Aaron Wiggins uh, plays for OKC. I'm going to go see him when he comes play uh, in Detroit. Yeah, so I, I do. I, I stay in touch, you know, mostly just through jokes and texting and just checking in how they're doing. But uh, it, we were a family, a really close family. We were really tight. Coach Keith did an amazing job. So, you know, we all are, are connected for life. Speak yeah. to this a little bit, Cooper, because I am I'm, I think I kind of already know the answer, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. When you're around that level of talent, talk about how it's not that you're just trying to make them better because you're on the coaching side delivering information, right? But like, talk about how they made you better Oh because man. that you have to really be on it to help those dudes. Right. Like you, you the worst sin that, you know, the thing that always <laughs> frightened me was like, I don't want to waste this guy's time. Like he's yeah. only got the clock is ticking on his time on our campus. He's only going to be here a year or two years or, you know, yeah. that this, you know, just talk about how guys made you a better coach because you have to kind of, Keep that carrot out in front of them to keep For getting sure. better. I mean, yeah. and and one thing is because they're so good, we had a target on our back everywhere we went. Oh, so for sure. As, no as a of course, of course, we had to be on top of our game. Um, and and people are, are are like, oh, it's you guys just have talent. It's hard to coach a lot of talent, 
And so, you know, you do have to be on your A game. You know, you're dealing with guys who are playing with Team USA. And another thing that is challenging working with people of that caliber is they're getting pulled left and right by all the shoe companies. Yeah, man, a lot of lot of lot of voices by yeah. a, by AAU teams. So the really, parents. Yeah. <laughs> and so when when you have them, you know, you really got to pour into them and really show them that, like, you're only there for them. Um, and the, the outcome doesn't matter to you. Your job is to try to push them and, and help them grow. And so, yeah, they do. They make you work, you know. Because you want you want to be just as elite as them. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. I love that's exactly what I, I thought you were gonna say. Because that that you you're grateful for that. I just don't think it gets talked enough of much uh, talked about enough. Players make coaches better. You know, oh, for sure. coaches get names dropped on TV. This guy developed this guy. Man, do they like when you walk in that gym every day? Like you, you're in the back of your mind. Like we got to make this 45 minutes work. Yeah, you know, with this skill development deal, because yeah. this yeah. dude, this dude is this dude's out of here in you yeah. know, in April. Yeah. <laughs> Following this, I mean, I'm sure this probably even helps you kind of transition into your your first college position. But um, you took an assistant role at Lander University, which is a Division two program, and talk on some of your duties as an assistant there, and then I guess kind of give us a little transition of how you went from uh, Wesleyan Christian Academy into Lander. Like, was there a little help from one to the next? I wanted to um, get into college. Um, I thought it would be easier than it was because I had everybody coming to me. <laughs> right. It wasn't right. easy. Um, right. You know, I thought my head coach knows everybody in the world. It, this is yep. going to be super easy. It took four years and it actually came out the most random, random way possible. So we have a bunch of pros that would come back and work out with our guys over the summer. Um, and one pro retired and decided to work with us as a, a big man coach um, and help out. And uh, he asked me, he was like, hey, Coop, would you ever do D2? And I was like, I'll do anything. Um, and he was like, okay, my magic, old coach, magic words right there. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, uh, well, my, my old coach is looking for somebody. And I was like, send him my number. Um, long story short, we, we talked, I got the job. I'll never forget that day. I was crying in my house, just like I was so excited. I got to to campus late. It was October fifteenth, um, so like the first day of practice for D two. Um, so I was a little behind, but yeah, that's how I landed the job, and and also mm -hmm. being stamped by Coach Keith and you know other guys that I was working with helped tremendously. No, I feel like being able again, that's the main reason. Like, I feel like one thing that we don't necessarily talk about, maybe, or I, sh I should say, I don't ask too much, is just how people transition from one role into the next because that's the big part. And the one thing that I've learned, you know, I'm in a division three program right now. I have a phenomenal head coach, Coach Richards. He was former division one and all this. And he runs a, I mean, he runs a great program, best I've seen, at least around, my, around for me. But then that being said, like, you said it perfectly. You got coaches, young coaches who were like, oh, my coach knows everybody. He's going to get me in the door with somebody. It's like it has nothing to do necessary. It helps when that coach knows more people, but you got to do the work. You got to sure. be able to be the one getting yourself out there, working those camps, kind of getting in front of those people. You can't just have that coach say, hey, I got a kid for you. So, I mean, that's why that's kind of and I'm glad you said that, too. Yeah. It kind of I'm also the, the hard headed type. I didn't want a handout. You know, I, I wanted yeah. to go get it myself. too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
and it's different. It's not like, you know, coaches aren't like recruits. Like they don't, they come to see the kids. Like it's not like a coach can call a guy and say, yeah, yeah, I got a coach here for you. Like, you know, and then 15 guys start, you know, I mean, you, you just hoping you get that one phone call or one interaction or whatever, but let me ask you this Cooper, because you, you, you go from high level talent and then I don't think people even understand or appreciate how good division two players are because mm-hmm. those guys are really talented at that level. I like, I wish they'd get rid of the numbers because the numbers create a stigma sometimes. Um, maybe not so much anymore with the portal and guys are going everywhere and playing everywhere. I mean, what's my guy, the shooter for Miami heat, you know, was at Williams in division three. And then he goes Duncan to Michigan. Robinson. Duncan Robinson. Yeah. So, yep. but how, how, how much did, being at Wesleyan Christian prepare you for being at Division Two because you you're around a, a great a high level of talent, but then you're still going with talented guys. But you just had some experience under your belt. So uh, did that did that ease that 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 shift a little bit more? It did, um, just because our games at Wesleyan were way more packed than they were at Lander. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, the, no question. The fire code was uh, at risk every game for, for our games. And so the, the transition was a lot um, different as far as that aspect, like around the games. But the the game was way more physical as far as at the D2 level. And I had grown men, you know, 24-year-olds, 25-year-olds. That's different than a 16- and 17-year-old. Even though we were middle of the pack Division II team, you know, we were tough. We had grown men. Yeah, I, I did feel feel ready, um, though. Um, although I would say, like, in your early stages of coaching, you think you know a lot more. And the more you grow into coaching, the, the less you feel you know. Um, you know, so I was. The beauty of that is that ain't changing. Yeah, so just <laughs> the, the the game the game will force you to keep being a student. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I thought I was ready to be a head coach, Leo. <laughs> you know, right. and then, I to, then I got to Lander, and I'm I'm like, oh, there's a lot I don't know. So, yeah. And then transitioning from Lander, um, you kind of go on to where we actually kind of got hooked up. We formerly talking with Tyler Slick, who's the current assistant over at Lincoln Memorial. You go over to Lincoln Memorial for about four years or so as an assistant. And then in there, I know there's a lot more, but you won four regular season titles. And I mean, you guys had a, an expansive, you know, four years just, just for you being there. One, one more than enough rings, I'm sure, and, and had more than enough success. But talk about not only just your roles being the assistant there, but then just kind of like some of the since you're not there anymore, some of the secrets that helped them be successful. I started at, so my coach got resigned halfway through the year at Lander on, on my last year. And then the new coaching staff came in. So I, I had to find something and I realized how fast this game changes. And I was like, I need a backup plan. I need to go get my master's um, and I want to become a GA. Um, and so I had LMU and then a few low major division ones to opportunities and I chose greatest thing I ever did was chose to be a GA at LMU because at the D2 level you can do everything as a GA you can be on the road be on the floor and so that was super important for me to stay on the road um so anybody out there I would go become a D2 GA you can do everything 
but I was I was coming in under a, a legendary coach in Josh Shirts, Hall of Famer, who's at Indiana State now, absolutely killing it. Was there with him for two years. Um, my first year, I was a GA, and I just provided value. I just wherever they needed me, I I did it. Um, I figured out Photoshop. I was doing everything, like everything that I could do, because we had head coach, three full-time assistants, two GAs. You know, we were fully staffed at the D level. And so the guys above me, Omar Watad's a head coach now, Coach Jeremiah Samaripis is a head coach at LMU, and then Jay Reed's a head high school basketball coach. We had guys who knew what they were doing. So I didn't need to bring basketball value. I had to make sure the, the team was good. And that's what I did my first year, second year, finished my GA year, and completed it in one year and then more value. Now it's time. Like I, I got all that down. Now I'm about to bring some guys to the table and put some pressure on these assistants as well. Right, right, right. <laughs> Join the party. That's right. Really prove myself. Um, then Coach Shirts got a job at Indiana State where he's killing it. Like I said, I was going with him as the Dobo. Um, and then it got political at the last minute. I had my room packed and he called and said, it, it's not, it's not going to work out. And I, I was like hurt, but then right after that, got a call from Omar, head coach at Lander now, who was with us, um, offered me a job. And then Jeremiah Samaripis at LMU offered me a job. Um, so I had, I decided to stay with LMU um, and then became an assistant for the last two years. And your, your job, at, your role as a division two basketball coach is everything. I was a, you know, a student advisor. I was scheduling stuff. I was an Uber driver. I was yeah, yeah. How, housing, housing. I mean, every camps, how, I mean, everything you could think of travel, you, you do it all at the D2 level, which is good because, you know, when you move up the ranks, you can, you know, know everything. Um, and so it, it was, it was an amazing experience. And then my role as, as a coach on the staff was, I was really good with people. Um, I had the locker room down. Um, I, I knew everything that was going on. If something I felt like I could take care of, I did. If something I, I felt like Coach Jeremiah needed to know, um, I did. And, and then I just try to take as much off of Coach Jeremiah's um, plate, especially as a first-year head coach. It was hard. But we made it to the Sweet 16, and then the next year made it to the Elite Eight. That's a hell of a journey, man. Appreciate yeah, it. I mean – yeah, definitely bouncing all around. I mean, and that, that I shouldn't say even bouncing around, but like getting some good experience in some good positions. And yeah. I, I'm a firm believer, not to get all preachy, but I feel like all that stuff happens for a reason and ultimately ends up boiling where you should be later on down the line. So now, I mean, kind of talking into that, you go from Lincoln Memorial. Now you're running your own company right now, Coach Coop LLC. And with that, I guess the first thing is just like, I'm just curious, what made you kind of get into this? Like what made you start this? When I got out of coaching, I had no clue what I wanted to do. Didn't have a resume. <laughs> didn't have a resume. I was just, my values changed on me overnight, which scared me. Yep. And I just was out of line and it was time to move on. I, as soon as I got out, I was, took a, two weeks off and I was like, I just don't want to do, I'm not going to do anything. I was a little burnt out. And then after about two days, I was like, I can't just sit around and do anything. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> That's usually how it works. Yeah. Right, right. I can't do this anymore. I got to right. I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> so I was, was like, I'm going to just go make money, be a salesman. Didn't really want to do that either. 
Um, so I started calling a life coach or uh, interviewing different life coaches and asking them for help. I, I needed guidance um, and direction. Each one of them was like, have you ever thought about being a life coach or doing what I do? Didn't really know what what that was about, but they were like, it, you know, it's very natural from you being a coach to, you know, a college coach to now doing this. It's an easy transition. Because um, at the end of the day, they were like, what do you want to do? I said, I have no clue. I just want to wake up in peace and, and impact people. Yeah, yeah. And be excited. Yeah. And so that's what made me create um, the Coach Coop LLC. I consider myself the coach's coach, you know, and help coaches gain a competitive edge by by mastering the game within. No, we always – I feel like we always trying to <laughs> – we always got questions popping up in our head. No, I know. Because no. he, he, while he was talking, I thought of one. It really, it was more of a statement. But I just um, – the thing that is going to resonate with whoever listens to this, and I hope, you know, sometimes we drop these as the season goes on. You know, maybe you get fewer listeners or more. You never know. But if one person just hears the level of humility coming from you, man, that's as high level as, as any national title anybody could win because ultimately just being able to, you know, everybody has that conversation in the mirror at some point, players, coaches, right? Like something, you know, comes to an end or are you moving on to something else? It takes a ridiculous amount of humility to say three words twice. I don't know. And I need help. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. sure. those two were those two sets of three words require the highest level of humility and some people just refuse mm-hmm. you know yeah. they, would, they would rather keep the whatever halloween mask on and just keep on doing whatever versus taking the mask off and say all right i'm uh, i'm i'm at a i got i'm at i'm looking at three different forks in the road like what in the world is going on here Right. So the the level of humility that you just shared, man, that's off the charts, brother. Like I appreciate I, it, man. I really do. Seriously. I mean, that's big time. And then I guess one thing that I wanted to kind of the question that I had off of that was you said a life coach. So for people who don't necessarily know what that is, right? Can you just go into details of what you like what you look to do, what you strive to do for coaches and how you like help them on a day to day? A lot of people don't know what it is. Um, I yeah. didn't, you know, they just, they just think it's money grabbers, right? <laughs> you know, so uh, but every, every coach is a life coach. Like every, every college coach is a life coach. And that's because you can see your players goals and you can also see what's going on from an outside perspective, you know, and that's, what I provide, uh, you know, I'm, I'm able to look at your life and, and work with your goals and, and give you an outside perspective of, Hey, you said you're about this, but this is what you're saying and doing, you know, and just checking you and different things. As far as the coaching practice, I'm, I'm trained to, it's all through powerful questions and, and you coming up with answers, helping, helping the individual find answers. Um, it's not therapy. Um, it, it, it has very similar, but it, it allows you to find the wisdom within. And the reason that's so important is because if you just, um, if I just 
talk to you or or try to teach you something it, it doesn't work it, it never lasts if it did we would all be solved by instagram you know we would all yeah. quote we would all i mean we all have quotes in our phones that we love that changed our life for two, for two days but if you can really figure out within what motivates you and what drives you and what really works for you that's what i'm working with on my, for my clients yeah you know it's funny um i was just talking to coaching buddy of mine about this the other day and you know i i like the acronym why i, lo- I love the word why because why always makes us dig mm-hmm. right like you know why are we guarding it this way well because dot 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 right like it makes you dig and it also sometimes forces you to change yeah but the acronym why if you put a dot after each letter to me i like it because that means what hypes you mm-hmm. so like when you wake up in the morning like your why why with dots you know what hypes you like you found that out yeah right like that that's what's awesome about your story is because you 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 kind of used like what's my why and you started calling people to try to figure that out and get advice and but um i think when people figure that out it almost doesn't matter what you're doing because you're gonna you're gonna find a way to make a dent in this world if you once you figure that out yeah for sure and i i really uh just going off what you said the the reason why i chose coaches you know and why that hypes me is because coaches have no support at all no Um, god no yeah for sure coaches have uh Unless they go buy a dog or something. Then you got to support 24-7. Yeah, right. right. My dog used to bring his coach to the gym half of the time. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, no, hey, Ole Miss. I mean, hey, Ole Miss got Uh juice, you know, juice, Ole Miss football. You know, Lane Kiffin, he he brings dog juice in the building, you know. But, but no, you're right about that. Yeah, like like players' um, mental health is, is super important, as it should be. You know, we do everything. They have sports psychologists. We we send them mm-hmm. to therapy. We, they have their own trainers. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. then, you know, as a coach, you got, let's say you're a head coach. You got 15 guys. About 13 of them are mad at you that you're not playing. They're not playing. You know, you got three assistants who think they know what they're, they're doing and don't think you're doing a good job. You know, you got an administrator that wants you to fundraise. You and, hmm, and hmm, you have to win, you know, you, yeah. you know, there's just so much pressure. And then the only outlet you have is a, your spouse and that could tarnish your relationship. A lot of families don't know or um, therapists don't know like what college coaches go through, you know, and the demands of it. And there was an NCAA study that um, 51% of coaches said on a daily basis they were mentally exhausted and it was like it was like wow what if something tells me a month from now that that percentage is gonna (laughs) it goes up as the as the season goes on that thing gets into the 80s (laughs) that's probably just preseason right i was right before the (laughs) exhibition game (laughs) but yeah i just you know i just coaches need help you know and support they need someone to push them towards their goals, someone to talk to for 30 minutes or an hour a week. They need, they need an outlet. They need to learn tools, how to deal with the stress. 
you know, the stress and the anxiety of coaching and, um, you know, too many people are, are valuing themselves with wins and losses. And, you know, it's, it's just something that I'm really passionate about. Yeah. It, it comes through, man. Leaps and bounds. It's, it's, a uh, like I said, uh, I take my hat off to you, but I knock my headphones off, but hats <laughs> off, hats, hats off to you, man. Again, because you, you face the demons, right? The, I don't know. And the, I need help. You, you stared those two demons in the face, man. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a, that's powerful, bro. Big time. No, I agree with you. I mean, that is the toughest thing to be able to sit there and just be like, yeah, I, I don't really understand this. Let me get an answer for you. And that's the one thing like in my previous sales positions that I've been in years ago, they always told me, like, if you don't know an answer, don't say something because you're going to bury yourself in an even deeper hole. So just say, let me find out for you. And that was like the one thing that I, that that I learned. And I'm glad you mentioned that. Al, I got to say, I know I say this all the time, but we could do a whole podcast about your little one liners and stuff. I'm, I, I love them. I absolutely <laughs> oh, love them. We could just do a, We got to do like a snippet of the best of and just. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's funny. It's funny, though. These none of that stuff pops up until guests come on yeah right so it's 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 people sharing their stories they're yeah they're they're actually making us better completely now, everybody that comes on drops something or shares something or, or that has a reflection or looks back and i'm telling you man like everybody has done it in their own way of all however many we've got of these in the can you know 20 some pods in and another 15 or 20 still waiting to drop but everybody has said something that knocks me back and makes me think and makes me look at myself in the mirror no nah, man uh, like i said this is uh this has been really really good mm -hmm. yeah well before we cut to our final segment i mean does anybody have any any really anything else to add in regards to any of um everything we talked about no i just want to say again like your, your story man like it, you're just getting started. Appreciate that's it. A, that's the only, I mean, you know, you had one, do, you, you've, you've taken one detour and that's part of life. Welcome to life. They always say the, the, the windshield is bigger than the rear view mirror for, yeah. or, you know, than the rear view window for a reason, right? Like, sure. you know, Michael Penix, I stole that one. I'm not that smart. I, I, yeah. I stole that one from Washington's quarterback because he had three knee surgeries and two shoulder dislocations in, in a four year period and almost considered quitting football, you know, yeah. just like, I can't do this, but all of a sudden he's in the national championship game a couple of nights ago, but he, I heard that quote from him and yeah. you kind of have embodied that. Like mm -hmm. you said, okay, whatever's behind me, it is what it is, but you're, you're attacking what's ahead, man. So great stuff. Appreciate it. So what we'll do is we'll cut to our final segment. If you don't know, it's just three quick hitters, three basic questions. And then, um, just kind of get to the final question to wrap up everything, and we'll get to our closing remarks from there. First one for the quick hitters. Now, this is pertaining to you a lot because I know you were talking a lot about the psychological side of things, kind of being with your LLC, your Coach Coop LLC, but how do you personally deal with work stress? I mean, is there somebody that that you go to to talk to, or do you, are you just your own mentor? No, no. I mean, I, <laughs> I can sit and think to myself. I'm a thinker, so I can sit and think all day. That's not healthy yep. for me. Um, yeah. I have, I have my own coach, you know, cause I, I, I wouldn't tell people to invest in me if I didn't do the same thing. Um, so yeah. I, have, 
I have my own coach who's pushing me to get better every day and um, is holding me accountable to reaching my dreams. I go to therapy and then I am, I am an open book. So I call people if something's going on. I rely on friends, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a locker room guy. So I'll, I'll call somebody in my locker room, you know, and, and bounce things off. I still call my high school coach all the time or I'll call my, you know, like former college coach. Hey, I got something. I call Alan. I call Alan a lot of the time now. <laughs> it, it makes me think. Yeah. You always got to have someone to be able to bounce some, something off of, especially in this industry, the people who, who know. But these last two were kind of make you dig a little deeper, primarily the third one. But for you, what's the best advice for your career that maybe someone has given you that you still kind of think and, and use to the the best advice for my career that I, I still use. Not even, it doesn't even have to necessarily be like moving up in the industry. Maybe someone told you how to work with people, how to build relationships, anything. It could be anything. I don't know who told me, maybe my dad or family, or maybe it was just instilled, but just be yeah. yourself and be a good person. Like, you know, don't cheat the game of basketball, for example. You know, you know just be the best person you can be. And, and don't judge anybody and you know everything else will take care of itself really funny how you don't see that on social media very often i know i know <laughs> you see pictures of people traveling the traveling the world there's somebody trolling somebody or you know it's like hey man just relax leave it leave leave that leave that dude alone let him live and then the last one so if you could go back and for your career now you're still a young coach there's still a lot of history to be written. Um, but if you could go back and change one thing that maybe you think would have helped your career, not saying it's not going well at all. I don't want to uh, and, and, and for that, but like, if there's one thing that you feel like you personally as a young coach were like, I could have changed this, maybe, what would that have been? Maybe not take things personal. You know, as coaches, I think we tend to do that. And when I was in the high school ranks, it was us versus the world. I, I didn't want to talk to any other high school coaches. Um, it was it was very personal for me. Then I got into college and I needed all those high school coaches, you know, <laughs> so, you know, and it really wasn't that serious. It was just my mindset. And then your the game could be a lot easier as a coach if you don't take things personal, you know, and I, I, I figured it out, but I wish I figured it out earlier. Like as an assistant, you're going to send your head coach 400 kids this summer and he's going to say no to all of them, you know. <laughs> And you can't take it personal. You know, you just got to keep moving. And the ones that really struggle, take it personal. Or if if you spend so much time on film and you're big after you went over and over and over, it doesn't show when their their best point guard is coming off a ball screen. You know, it's not personal. He's not thinking I'm I'm doing this to I don't care how hard Cooper worked. You know, it, right, right, it, right. The kid forgot. You know, and so. Anytime I was up for a job and didn't get it, not personal, move on. That's something that I did end up learning. But if I learned it earlier, I think it would have took some stress off or allowed me to move on quicker. I, I saw this quote the other day. It said, you know, if you can't be corrected without being offended, you'll never grow. For sure. You know, yeah. and, and that I mean, that's for all of us. I mean, I, it was kind of more of a coaching to players you know, was the origination of the quote, but man, I, I'm that, that goes for all of us, no matter what, yeah. what line of work or whatever field we're in. So yeah, yeah great stuff.
And I mean, that all ties into you said one word in like your first five words of that last answer. And it, it immediately just kind of stood out to me with bright lights. Like you said, mindset. It, I'm, I'm a firm believer. Now, I, I mean, I say this freak, like every now and then, but I, I ended up getting my master's in psychology. Uh, and it's just like, especially I love that kind of stuff because your mindset completely changes your day. You wake up with a bad mindset, then your day is probably going to be one of the worst things that you've gone through. But you wake up with a positive mindset and you're like, this is going to be one of the best days and you could get in a car accident, God forbid. And, and, you know, so many different things can happen. And, you know, your day, as long as you keep that positive mindset and like, well, maybe this was supposed to happen. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be there. Maybe, you know, maybe this. So it's just completely going back to that whole mindset. I'm glad yeah, and mindset is just to touch on that. Like, that's really what I'm trying to help with my clients is I'm not going to change the, the game of basketball and the stress of college. You know, it's going to be there. But just shift your mindset about, different things in your your life will change you know it's mm -hmm. it's it's truly amazing how just a simple mind shift can can just change because we're all we're creating all the stories um and just so rewriting the stories to to serve us will unlock people and then the final question we have to wrap things up so so your number one if you can narrow down best top piece of advice for young rising coaches and then how can they accomplish that piece of advice so far Narrowing it down to one is hard, uh, yeah. but I would say figure out, and this is more just in life, figure out what works for you and do it. You know, you know, that's that there's no, all three of us got into the game different. There's so many different ways we can get into the game. Um, some people write handwritten letters, go to networking events. That, that wasn't for me. You know, I'm, I, I didn't do that. I, I enjoy being around people and, really pushing people and being where my feet are. That's what worked for me, you know? So just figure out what works for you and, and, and do it. Um, you know, a car in motion is, it's easier to change the direction of a car in motion than a car that's parked, you know? So just, just move, do something, try it. If it doesn't work, change direction. You know, don't sit and overanalyze what's the right thing to do because there is no right yeah. way. Um, Eddie Jordan was at Rutgers. Um, and he was in our gym and I asked him the same question and he said, you need to let people know what you want. And that was huge for me. He was like, how am I supposed to hire you if I don't know you want a job? Or how am I supposed to refer you if I don't yeah. know you want a job? And then, so let as many people know as you can. And then I would say my last one, I know this isn't one, this is three, but. <laughs> three count is one. That's fine. Scan, just scan the room and see where you can bring value. See how you can affect winning. Where are there gaps that you can plug to, to bring value to the program? You know, that's really what matters the most is where you're at. The best job is the job you have. And mm -hmm. so, you know, really just, I was really good at scanning the room and saying, okay, in high school, our guys weren't bringing their practice jerseys back. So I'm going to just wash them every night, you know, just small things that just, you know, can move the needle to help winning, you know, or make other people's lives easier, just bring value and contribute to winning. And I mean, even scanning the room, like half the time, <clears throat> that was one thing that I noticed too. My head coach always puts out this, uh, a couple of things before the game. So I put them out, let the players carry them onto the bus for, for away games and, and whatnot. And it's just like, now I'm starting to scan. I see he does that every time. So I try to, I, I try to at least get ahead of that and put, you know, put it out for everybody. Just something little, just something little, like, you know, just to take something else off his shoulders and then hopefully it can go a long way in the long haul. Yeah. 
for sure. I mean, that really wraps it up. Before we get into our closing remarks, anybody got any final comments? No, Coop, I just want to say thanks again, man. This was uh, great stuff, man. You got a lot of you got a lot of you got a lot of wisdom, and you got a lot to to share. So you know, like I said, you're just getting started, brother. So excited to, excited to see where this arc this this new arc. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll be keeping our eyes out for Coach Coop LLC and. Of course, hopefully, if there's anything we can do to be able to help you out from our end too, be yeah. you know definitely feel free to reach out. And um, that does it for another episode of the Rising Coaches Podcast. We got Doug and Alan Major over here, Cooper Neiman. Thank you very much for sharing everything. Keep working, keep rising, coaches. Take care, everyone. Prepare your team for success this season with our friends at Doctor Dish Basketball the official number one selling shooting machine in basketball. If you're looking to transform and focus your team's training efforts, all you have to do is mention Rising Coaches or tell them we sent you with the Rising Coaches podcast. For an additional $300 off, select Dr. Dish shooting machines. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in with us this episode. If you are not a member, want more content, or even be a potential member on our member spotlight to have your story heard, go visit risingcoaches.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Rising Coaches. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review so we can continue to keep rising together.